I'm Jennifer Gonzalez from the Cult of Pedagogy podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome to Shooks and Gifts, Season 5, Episode 3. In this episode, I'm going to share a cool app to bring read alouds alive, some Flipgrid news, an efficient way to share links, ways to learn a new language, and some ways to build community and engagement in your learning environment. Let's give it a go. Welcome to Shooks and Gifts, the podcast where we share edtech treasures we love. Each week, we'll share a tool, podcast, tip, or trick with you, our listeners. We are your hosts, Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen. Let's give it a go. Okay, listen up, everyone. I'm here to tell you that you should never write with a broken pencil because it's pointless. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It is episode three of the fifth season. I'm Jen Giffen, your still co-host, still co-host, because I believe that Kim might make an appearance at some point in our season. I actually got to spend a little bit of time with her yesterday, albeit virtually. Uh, she was presenting at a PA session that we were having in in our district, and it was so lovely to see her and filled my heart with joy because um, I miss seeing her every day, but I'm going to get to that later. Uh, let's let's get going. I have a little bit of a mis- mishmash of a whole bunch of different things that I hope you enjoy, things that I've seen over the last couple of weeks that I thought the Shooks and Gift listeners might like. Uh, the first one is an app. Uh, now, I'm not sure this, I probably should have probably done some research first, but is it available for, sh- it's for sure on iOS. Um, is it also available? It is available on Android. Okay, good. Uh, it is called Novel Effect. Okay, Novel Effect. And the idea of this is that it uses your phone or your tablet to follow along as you read picture books from their library, or if you have it live, you can do that, but it needs to be one that's been included in their library. And as you read along, it senses your voice and responds at just the right time with sounds and sound effects and like little, you know, I'm sort of like a, a medley in the background to create some ambient noise and character voices as you read. So it's really meant for little learners, which I think is awesome. Um, so the primary teachers out there and, and you know, parents of really young children, you might want to check this out. You get five audiobooks books for free, but from what I can get, and there's, there's some for free in it. From what I gather, though, if you want one of their like not included in their free library, one of those five, you have to sign up. I think then if you go over the five, it automatically charges you. I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't sign up. I wanted to listen uh, to the free ones only. And I think too, as an older sort of teacher, not older teacher, teacher of older children, I don't consider myself that old yet. Maybe I am. I don't know. I guess perspective. Um, young at heart. Um, I think this would be a really good example for projects for older students. I know when I was in the English classroom, I used to uh, teach a variety of students and many of them had struggled, really struggled uh, with reading. And we used to read short stories. And I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had audiobooks of these and we could put in just like this sound effects and music and different voices. And I actually started um, to plan a partnership with our comm tech department and our drama department to get that going, but unfortunately never really went to like got to fruition. But I think using this novel effect app 
as an example and then having students read either stories, short stories that you're using in your curriculum or, you know, older students, um, maybe 12th graders reading short stories that are being read in ninth grade or partnering with a local elementary school to, you know, do books for your second and third graders. I think it could be a really um, cool partnership and activity for students to do, be you an English teacher or communications technology, whatever it is. So that's novel effects really fun. Check it out. If you have littles, it's it's really engaging. And like I said, you can read from their library. There's ebooks. But if you have the book on your shelf, you can also just open this app, put it beside you and read from your own book so that the kids aren't staring at a screen, which is pretty cool because we I'm sure we all have kind of done with screen time, right? All right. The next thing is some Flipgrid news because, you know, I, lo- I love me my Flipgrid. I love the Flipgrid. It's unbelievable to me, but not how often when people say, is there a way I can do this? I'm like, Flipgrid is your answer. It's just so robust. At any rate, I think I've spoken about them before. Uh, Flipgrid has live events every um, every month or a few times a month, actually. And they, you know, partner with different people from around the world and they're they're becoming more and more robust. So, you know, when they first started, I remember some of their first ones. It was like, OK, here's someone who trains eagles, which is beautiful. But now they have like Chelsea Clinton is coming on and they just had Rick Riordan on and um, they have Kwame Mambalia on who wrote Tristan Strong, if you know that. And they usually run um, one day of the week. I, I don't I don't remember if there's a consistent day or not. It's There's a lot on Fridays. Um, there seems to be a lot on Wednesdays as well. But you can register to watch these on on YouTube. They stream them. And there's like a little interview of 30 minutes. And then when you follow that up, uh, there's in the Discovery Library, which I don't actually think is called Discovery Library anymore. I think they dropped library. But in in Discovery, which is where you can see what other teachers have posted and, and add those to your learning communities, right? Add those topics. They have created, they being Flipgrid and, and the educators there have created follow-up sort of questions and activities after watching the 30 minutes that your class can engage in. And I love this because you can watch live. They're all at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific. So that's, you know, for me, it's one o'clock in the afternoon here Eastern time. But you can watch them and live or they archive them on their YouTube channel. And then you can have students engage in this, uh, this sort of dialogue. I love this because right now a lot of us aren't doing any kind of field trip. So it's a way to get that field trip um, vibe and excitement for free, our favorite four-letter F word, of course, uh, right in your classroom without having to, you know, you leave and everyone stays safe, which is pretty cool. Now, here's the big one. They they hyped it up. I know that we had an ambassador call, a student voice ambassador call a little while ago, and they're like, you'll never believe who's coming. And we were like, who is it? Well, it is a pretty big deal. Um, if you're like me and you like just swooned over the the poem and the poet from the U.S. presidential inauguration. They have Amanda Gorman and Lauren Long coming on on the 4th of November. So if you're listening to this before the 4th of November to 2021, uh, check that out. They are promoting their new book, Change Sings, which was written by Amanda and then uh, illustrated by Lauren and they are going to talk about um, how every student needs to share their voice or every child needs to share their voice. It looks awesome. It's 30 minutes. I would highly, highly recommend it because I've heard her speak a few times now since since she was interviewed and she's so captivating. I just love her. So there's that. In other Flipgrid news, in that same call, uh, it was sort of highlighted that the amazing Christina Hallsweiss 
who is out of Long Island. You may know her. She's a fellow teacher librarian. She's a little bit of a hero of mine. She has created a, um, a book creator book called Flipgrid Student Ambassadors. So I'm a student voice ambassador. You know, I, I'm an ambassador for Flipgrid. But what she's done is she's created a program for students. And at first I was like, what is this? Basically, students would engage in up to nine different um, activities on Flipgrid and they're able to earn badges and she shares the badges with you uh, in, in a folder when you sign up for the program. And of course, everything that I've mentioned so far is linked as always in the show notes. And so the students can get, for example, a compassion um, badge, which is, you know, they have to make an elevator pitch for their favorite charity and tell us why it's important. There's a creativity badge, which allows them to use um, their own creativity and unlock all the features of the Flipgrid camera. So the frames, the lenses, everything like that, and just go nuts and be as creative as you can. So she has these nine different badges and it's like the nine C's, like she has critical thinking, curation, compassion, cross-cultural understanding, communication, citizenship, collaboration, character, creativity. I've got to laugh because I think we started with four C's and now we're up to nine. Eventually it'll be like, let's talk about the 83 C's. <laughs> but they, uh, she's created this really wonderful program. She outlines every Everything in this uh, student ambassador program book creator book and everything is linked into the Flipgrid discovery library so she in the book says okay here is the prompt here's what you need to do but then there's the link so you can just add that topic into your learning community and students can work on these however you want be it you know in a in a really um, sort of not rigid that's not the word I'm looking for I'm losing words this morning I really shouldn't podcast early in the morning not it's nine o'clock it's not that early in the morning but it's early ish on a Saturday I don't know um she you can do it in a really structured that's the word I'm looking for kind of way or you can um you can do it sort of leave it out for students and have them try as they go so this would be great you know for students who maybe are finished earlier working ahead or need a break or some time to percolate the learning you're doing they could work on these instead so thank you Christina for that uh she's she's really amazing like she I'm not kidding when I say she's she's one of my heroes you really should check out her stuff she's um at Li- Liberian, I sorry, L-I-E-B-E-R-R-I-A-N uh, on Twitter. She shares a ton on social media. So give her a follow if you don't already. She's totally worth it. Okay, next. Have you ever had a situation where you had to submit a single link, be it um, for, I don't, I don't know what, for some professional development, let's say you're presenting at a conference, or you have a chart to fill out for things that you want to share, and there's only like one spot, and you don't want to like put the 4,000 links that you have. Uh, the one way that I see this too is in social media, right? In my Twitter profile, there's like put your one single link to all of your stuff. And I'm like, well, I have a lot of stuff, right? So I want to link my blog, which is desperately unloved these days but um, I might want to link Shooks and Gift the podcast I might want to link Shooks and Gift the podcast the show notes I might want my today I sketch noted for some archives that are in there I might want to link as well to my Instagram account so people can see what I'm doing maybe it's my library learning commons which you could follow by the way it's at LLC or RHHS LLC um, I showcase things that I do in the library there at any rate you, you might have a lot of different links and you're like oh my gosh which one do I pick how can I do this you might create a landing page but there is uh, a program out there called Linktree. Now you may have heard of it. I don't think this is new news. It was new to me last spring or maybe early summer. I feel like it was spring. 
I was actually watching Sylvia Duckworth uh, on a live broadcast for something that she was being interviewed on. Good friend of the show, as everyone knows. And Sil says, oh, yeah, I'll put a link in my link tree. And I was like, what is she talking about? So I went in and I, I checked it out. I thought, okay, I'm going to go here. So it's at linktr.ee. So it's linktree with the dot between the R and the E's. And basically you create a profile. It's free. You can go pro. I haven't had a need to. And you load up your picture and you write a little bio and then you can add links to whatever you want. So I love this because if I say, oh yeah, just check it out to my link tree, you can click it. It's really simplistic in its interface. Hopefully people are going to find things uh, really quickly. And mine's like link tree dot e forward slash uh, virtual gif I'll put the the link to it in the show notes so you can tell and I love it because when I'm presenting at different conferences uh, they're virtual right now right so we don't really get the same engagement necessarily and that people are like oh where was that link again and you can't just like drop into people's rooms necessarily in the same way and build those connections but I can say you know visit my link tree and all of my links are there so it might link to the conference itself and then everything that I've shared in that conference and then I can choose how long to keep it up and take it down and it's it's really fluid um, so this summer pretty much once a week I presented virtually somewhere and so I just put them there and as they pass like a week later I would take it down so I love Linktree I think it's really great there's a whole bunch out there like that but Linktree is my favorite okay here's another one that I found and I, I can't for the life of me remember where I saw it. it it may have been Eric Kurtz I might just be saying it's Eric Kurtz because I, I don't think I've mentioned him enough yet this season and we all know my love for Eric. Um, so it is the Toucan Learning Language Chrome extension. What is this you ask? So I don't know if you know this but I'm a little bit of a language lover. So as you know I speak English. I went to French immersion. I, I've spoken French here on the show before. I also took Spanish through high school and then I took Italian when I was in university. I've lost a lot of my Spanish and Italian now but I'm always like oh I wish I could get it back somehow and I just need a little practice and how am I going to do that and I really feel like Toucan is my answer. Now this isn't only for people wishing to relearn a language. So for example I do have a, a slight um, infatuation, maybe that's a bit strong of a word, but um, I have a real appreciation and, and love for Korean language and culture. I have since I can remember since I was a teenager. And I've always said, oh, if I had the time, you know, like if I had, like if I won the lottery, what would I do? I'd love to learn how to speak Korean. So this is something else you can do, although I'd have to learn to read Korean first. Anyway, everyone's like just get to the point Jen what is this so it's an extension where you pick a language and there are many many languages to choose from I'll just open it up here and see so I for example um, you can do French German Italian Japanese Korean Portuguese Spanish Chinese Arabic Hebrew and Hindi and there's more coming a lot of these say early access so you know they've just been added and what happens is you choose that language and then you choose the level of um you of learning you want to do be it just like a little bit up to you can you can go pro there's four levels the fourth level is paid and what this extension does is it will translate certain words and phrases on the page that you're reading so you're reading an article you have um a recipe open which i have a funny story about that in a minute um and what happens is just the odd word is sprinkled in again depending on the level that you chose of the four levels they offer and then you learn that word within the context of the language you're comfortable with. So you're reading and all of a sudden you're like, oh, what's that? And they change. I can't remember if it's the color. I've turned it off and I'll tell you why in a second. Um, just temporarily. I've turned it off, not forever. Um, they change. I think it's a bit underlined. And, and when you're reading, you 
probably realize, hey, I, I don't know what this word is because it's not English. And then you can hover over top and it will tell you the translation. But then there's also a play button and it will uh, play how to say that word, which when I originally had Korean as the language that I wanted to uh, learn, I had to do that because I, of course, can't read Korean. Um, but so it happened to me, I decided I was doing the Korean. I was like, no, this is not the way that I'm going to learn Korean. Um, at least from the onset, I need to at least learn, you know, how to read in Korean a little bit. Um, so I changed it to Italian thinking, yeah, I'd like to relearn some of my Italian. Our, uh, one of the tech guys who works in our school, who's in the library learning commons, Rocco. Hi, Rocco. Uh, he's Italian and we like will mutter things in Italian to each other. I'm like, I should really like hone up on my Italian a little bit just to be funny with him. And, so I changed it to Italian and I had a recipe I was looking for. So, you know, or someone had sent me. So I like click on it. And I'm like, okay. And I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, what's, what's this? And it, it turned out it was like, I don't know, um, some sort of milk product that I needed. And I was like, why is it? Oh, right. The toucan is on. And then I printed it and I didn't turn off toucan. And so parts of my recipe were in Italian, which I thought was hilarious, but I'm like, I'm never going to remember. And I'm going to be thinking, oh my gosh, this is a thing. And I'm going to be looking it up and wondering why I can't find it in the grocery store and asking people and they're going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> but I decided to temporarily turn it off. So make sure if you are printing something and you have this on, turn it off so you you it's all in English, especially if you're sharing it with someone. But anyway, it's a really cool tool. Um, like I said, it can be turned on and off at your leisure. And I think it's a, a neat way to learn a language, be it you or someone else. I think it's a good way to, to build community as well, right? If you have um, a lot of students who speak a certain language in your class, like imagine having this on and asking them to come over and say, hey, can you tell me what this says? I'm trying to learn your language and building relationships that way, I think could be pretty cool. And again, love languages. So let's do it. Okay. I believe I've shared that we are in a hybrid model in York Region where I teach this year. So we have, you know, of course, well, hybrid, hybrid is hybrid. We have a majority of our students in person, but then we have a select few. I think I've heard as many as six or eight per class uh, who are at home learning at home. And the teacher is, of course, divided between the students at home and the students at school. And it's very stressful. And I have yet to hear anyone talk about how, oh, yeah, this is the best model for students. And uh, anyway, it, it is what it is. And we have to sort of live with it because there's a lot of people who aren't comfortable coming into schools yet, Delta variant and such. So they, uh, the York Region District School Board decided yesterday to have a learning, like a professional learning day for teachers. And a lot of the curriculum consultants in our district ran the day. So we attended two sessions through the day and then had time to consolidate. The model was actually really lovely. Um, I, I enjoyed the day. I know that some people had some tech issues. I did not have those issues. So I was able to get into all my sessions and access the resources. But in the morning, I went to a session called Inclusion Activities to Build Communities and Increase Engagement in Hybrid Learning Environments. It's a very long title, but it was run by friend and and co-host of the show, Kim Balashuk, uh, along with uh, Lisa Donahue and Stephanie Weyrich, who you've probably heard us speak of before. These are three extremely intelligent, extremely funny, and uh, extremely wonderful uh, women that I worked with when I was a digital, literally, digital literacy consultant. And they just shared, I think it was like six or seven games uh, that you can do in your classroom 
regardless if students are face to face or at home, if we happen to go remote again, they're like, they can be done and they can be done in a hybrid way too. And they spoke to that. So I wanted to talk about a couple of them because they're a lot of fun. So one that Kim talked about was guess the Zoom. And I thought it was going to be something about Zoom, but it wasn't. It was like Zooming. And I don't know if you've seen this before. I'm, I'm going to put a link in the show notes of this table I found. It runs it like Jeopardy. And basically it zooms right in on an item so in one of them it looked like it was like almost looked like grass and I was like oh then they have you guess what do you think it is and then you zoom out you can have students earn points depending on what like how far out they were able to guess it or how far in rather they were able to guess it and then they went out a little bit further and it was still green but then there was this white line and I was like oh is that a road or something and then they went out all the way and it was a tennis ball so it's a it's a cool way to just get kids you know sort of excited and play a little game but then they they talked about curriculum uh, links I was texting at the time with one of our family studies teachers and she she teaches food nutrition. She's like, oh, this would be such a fun way to have students recall, you know, tools that they used or recipes that they're using. Like, how much do you remember and how much did you pay attention? So there's some really cool uh, links. We also talked about maybe um, doing it with famous quotes. Lisa suggested that when I was speaking to her afterwards. She said, you know, you could put just certain words of quotes instead of like actually zoom in. It's just like you you fade into all the words and can you guess who said it or what book it was from? And I said, well, what what if you did famous book covers, you know, with the teacher librarian group to to build community and have an inclusion activity that way so that's guess the zoom I thought it was really fun I did sketch note the session and the second one which I'll talk about in a second uh, and I'll put the sketch notes in the in the um, show notes as well the other thing that they shared and it was Lisa who shared the second game and it's skunk now we used to play skunk all the time as just a minds on okay let's like build some community and have some good laughs on our digital literacy team I've, I'd sort of forgotten about skunk, but it's so fun. And I'll link to um, the actual, the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics. It was actually our math uh, department who told us about it when we were in curriculum. And they say to play it with sixth to eighth grade. I think it could be, I think it'd be with a ton more. But you might start, they say here, put up some questions on the board. Uh, I might make more money if I was in business for myself. Should I quit my job? And then you have students discuss this risk taking and, and an earthquake might destroy my house. Should I buy insurance? Now, I don't know here in Canada, we need insurance, but maybe in other areas you don't. My math teacher might collect my homework today. Should I do it? Right. And then you have these like philosophical discussions and then you play the game of skunk. And basically you put the letters S-K-U-N-K across the top of a sheet and then you roll two dice. And the beautiful thing is this can be done virtually, right? You can find virtual dice online. And every at the beginning of every round, every player stands up. I love to do it in partners because you see the risk taking and, and you know the, the negotiation between partners. And then you roll a pair of dice, okay? You roll. Everyone's using the same, same two die no, um, for the whole group. You don't need two die for every single group or every single player. So the players or the teams get the total of the dice and then you record it in your first column. So let's say, for example, I roll a four and a two. I would get six points. All good. Then you decide, do you want to keep going? And, and this is round one. And they're like, okay, you keep going, you keep going. And if you keep going, then you stay standing. If you don't, then you sit down. And those are your points for that first round, five rounds, one for every letter, right? And the way that a round ends is if every player has decided, no, I have enough points and sit down. Or the number one rolls up. So the first roll, what did I say? It was a two and a four. So let's say half the class sits down. The other half's like, no, I'm going to risk it. You roll again. It's a five and a three. Beautiful. Now they have that six points plus this extra eight points. They're at 14 for this round. You know, another like say third sit down and then you roll a one and a six. 
You're like, oh, everyone who's still standing loses all of their points for that round because they've taken the risk and it didn't pay off in this case. And then you move to the next round. The other thing that can happen is if you roll, um, I think it's snake eyes. Yes, if you snake eyes, so double ones. If you roll double ones, not only do you lose the points for that round, you lose the point, all the points you earned in the last round. So the only time that doesn't work is the very first round. But let's say you're into round three, you roll double ones, you lose round three points so far, plus all your round two points. And then at the end of this, SKUNK, you add up all the points and whoever's highest points wins. Uh, it's it's fun math game for probability, but it's also just a fun way to build some community and have a good laugh and see who wants to take risk and hear what people say about, you know, is it worth just stand up the whole time? Just keep rolling um, or just say, OK, I'm, I'm going to take three from every one and, and that's what's going to go. And I know I did that once with our friend Jamai on our team and, and we won. We were, it was good. It was good risk taking, but it's a lot of fun to do. You can also do it in other languages. Like I know that we have, you know, French immersion uh, schools. And so Lisa and Kim and Steph shared that, you know, you could use a different animal. So they use lapin, which is rabbit and L-A-P-I-N. So you just went through that. So you could find any, uh, any word really and put that at the top. It just needs to be five rounds. You could even just use like roll don't roll one or something is the name of it but it's kind of fun when you name it after an animal it's more memorable that's skunk it was fun can certainly be done because if you use virtual dice with the kids at home if you're teaching hybrid and the kids who are in your class if you're remote you can be fully at home and then it's just you know it's on our system and people need to uh, make sure you can also if you wanted to you could open you know a google sheet and have everyone put their numbers in the problem with that is and this is what I did once to know if it was worth sitting down, is I sat and I tracked not only our points, but every other person's points. I set up this like spreadsheet with all these formulas really quickly. It wasn't that hard. And uh, so we knew the risks we were taking if we were going to win because we're like, no, they're way behind us. We can sit down now. It's fine. They can't catch up at this point. So we people thought that was cheating, but I'm like, no, 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 that's just knowing your opponents. Anyway, that is skunk. The second uh, session that I went to was called Affirming Student Identities in the Classroom. And this was with Joanne Tang and Zara Kaba. I, I believe they're on our inclusive schools um, team at the board. I'm pretty sure that's where they work. And they just shared, I, I went into this one because, you know, being a teacher librarian, I'm, I don't have a lot of hybrid students. Like I have classes that come down with them, but I, I sort of feel like I know a lot about technology and I can engage. And And because we're one off and I'm not doing the same sort of like data collection that classroom teachers are, I wanted to do something that would fit into the learning commons. So for me, I'm like, yeah, affirming identities is great. Like I want to know, do I have a collection that affirms our identities? What I put on my walls, does it? That whole like bishops, windows, mirrors, and sliding glass doors idea. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google that because that's really good for understanding how students need to see themselves and see others. And anyway, they I, they they delivered. They just talked about five five different ways to be able to really um, affirm the identities identities of students, and that's engaging the students themselves, but also doing some reflection as a teacher. And it, I, they shared one thing that I've seen before, but I haven't thought about in a while. And they called it "How much do you know?" It's a little bit humbling. Uh, it well it can be a little bit humbling, perhaps. I, I would have found it humbling. Certainly, I thought back to last year teaching online. But what they ask you to do is create a chart and you want to chart with, you know, three columns and then as many rows as you have students in your class. So you pick if you have multiple classes, you pick one class. You can do this for all your classes. But you do one class at a time and you in the very first column is it's called name. And from memory, you're to write the name of every student in your class. See how many you can get in the order that you think of them. And, you know, if you can remember your your alpha, that's great. If you do it by seating plan, that's great. If it's just whoever comes first that's fine too. So you write them all. 
Then you put a second column and that middle column is a positive detail and it can't be curriculum related like they have a 90%. It has to be something you know about them that's not academic. And then for every student you've listed and remembered, you put that down. And then the third column, it's like, how did you learn this about them? So if I say, you know, here's Kim and she just has a, she has a one-year-old puppy named Boston, which she does. We know this from Kim when she visited. Then how do I know that? Oh, I saw it on Instagram, right? Or she talked to me about it when she got it and she fills me in like once a week on funny stories about Boston and what he's been eating around the house. So I put that in and then you go back with a highlighter and highlight all your blanks. So if you know you had 23 students and you only listed 19 of them, which four students did you miss? If you listed those 19 and you could only say something about 14 of them, what can you do to make sure you can make connections with those other students sometime this week? And it really affirms our identity and helps you know your class even more. We did this as a school-wide activity once to a lesser degree. Um, it's a great activity to do with a large group. You list, and or maybe if you have pictures, you put pictures. I've, I've heard it done in elementary schools, not a large high school, but they put up a picture of all the students in the school around, and teachers walk around with single dots, I think those sticky dots, and you put a dot if you have a relationship with that student, meaning that more than just like I can say hi and name them, like you know something about them, you've taught them, like you have to, I forget the criteria that you use, and it, it can be fluid. Um, but you put them on and then you look at which students don't have dots and you then um, assign a caring adult to each of those students somehow. And it needs to be organic because you don't want to feel like the kids are being you know, targeted. Like, why is this random teacher always talking to me out of the blue? Um, but it helps create community and make all of your students feel included in that classroom community or learning environment the school whatever it happens to be I love this activity like I said it's very humbling but I do challenge all of you I know that's not very techy but I do challenge all of you um, to do it to help build those relationships and affirm the identities of the students in your classroom uh, and then as you go through the years see if you can maybe add so can you do two or three positive details you know what more can you learn about them I think it also allows us to think about what we're you know what we're teaching the examples that we're doing in our classroom so they can be relevant to the students uh, in which we who or whom we serve so there you go those are the two things that I learned I, I love the conference I, I love the learning it was a good day to be honest I went into it with a little bit of a negative attitude I was like oh there's so much to do and everyone's so drained and but I I enjoyed the break and I enjoyed learning I, I love to learn and I love PD so it was it was good all right before we go I just want to tell you that I will be uh, doing the conference opening a chat and a Flipgrid session at the Blended Digital Ed Conference called Inclusive Digital Learning. And it's put on by the BCELD PSA, so it's the British Columbia Educators for Distributed Learning Provincial Specialist Association. That's a mouthful. Uh, I, I did some work with them back in the spring. You may remember Brian Carpenter, who's uh, been on the show here last in season four with me. I, I, I believe Brian, I know he's, he's going to do a fresh air at five and he, I know he listens to Shooks and Gifts. So I'm pretty sure this is like, that's his crew. It's, it's the same people, but I'm I'm almost positive it's the exact same crew. So Brian should be there. He introduced me last time. That was lovely to have a, you know, a friendly face. And I have never, I will tell you, I have never been in a virtual conference before where the chat exploded as much as it did this time. Like people were constantly 
putting their feedback and putting ideas and sharing in the chat. It was it was so awesome. And I, I to the point where I was like, I really need I need someone to monitor this chat for me because I'm missing stuff left, right and center. It was awesome. So it is on October the 22nd, which is uh, this coming Friday. Uh, it runs from 830 until 330 Pacific. It's for the British Columbia educators, but they have an, um, uh, what you called an Eventbrite page that you can register. I think it's 45 Canadian dollars to sign up. And I don't think it's only open to BC. The focus will be BC curriculum. But if you wanted to do some learning and you're around uh, next Friday, you can definitely do that. I'm pretty sure they'll archive and have videos of all the sessions too. So even if you can't and you want to watch them after, I'll put a link to the conference website there and you can have a look if it's something that you need. Because I know, like I just said, I felt, you know, my, my cup was filled a little bit with the PD that I did. So if you're looking for that cup filling and you think PD is going to do it, check it out. So that's it for today. Hopefully you got something that you can either use in your class or inspire you uh, to have a little aha and you give it a go. And I will talk to all of you in a couple of weeks. Have a great day, everyone. That's it for this week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think others might enjoy some of this learning, please give us a rating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at shooksandgif.com. That's S-H-U-K-E-S-A-N-D-G-I-F-F dot com. As always, we would love to hear your ahas on the Anchor app. On our website, on the embedded Flipgrid. Or by tweeting at us, sending us an email. Or talking to us in real life. I'm Kim Polishuk, and I can be found on Twitter at Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen, and I can be found at Virtual Gif with two Fs. Thanks for listening to Shooks and Gif. And as always, have an aha, give it a go. Shooks and Gif is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca.